0: kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, it says in the King James. My Bible says eating and drinking, but I like what the King James says. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink. It's not eating and drinking, but it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. This quote, this scripture, actually comes from a uh, a dialogue or a, a teaching or an exhortation that Paul is giving uh, concerning food. And so, you know, I just want to pick it up in the context. I, I, I just want, I want to go down this trail just for a few. I felt to do this because uh, it, it might help some of us in our walk with God. But back up a little bit to verse 13 and we'll pick it up there. It says, therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or or a stumbling block in a brother's way. And that's a good word. He's going to explain there's some things that uh, we should not do in order to cause offense to a brother in the Lord or a sister in the Lord. I know and I'm convinced in the Lord that nothing is unclean in itself. He's talking about food. See, the, in the Old Testament, there's some foods that you should, you could eat and there's some foods you couldn't. Some foods were clean. Some foods were not clean. And, uh, and what Paul, is, what Paul is, is getting into here is what he's teaching is don't offend somebody because they don't agree with you about what you can eat and what you can't eat. There's some people today that still believe that you shouldn't eat pork because in the Old Testament, they didn't eat pork. So they won't eat a ham sandwich, they won't eat bacon, uh, you know, and, they won't, and, and with that account, you shouldn't eat shrimp, you shouldn't eat lobster, you shouldn't eat clams. I mean, all these things are unclean. And some people still believe that. I've got uh, an, an acquaintance of ours that, that, that we know, doesn't live in New York, lives somewhere else, but uh, won't eat pork. To me, that's that's Old Testament. It's not New Testament. In the New Testament, in Mark's Gospel, Jesus said, "The concerning food that just goes in your mouth, it goes through your stomach and it gets eliminated, so it's not going to make you clean or unclean." And then there's a little parenthesis there. I believe it's in Mark chapter five or seven somewhere, and it says, "Thus he declared all foods clean." So, as far as I'm concerned, foods. Food's clean. And Paul says everything is okay to eat if you receive it with Thanksgiving. But what his point is, if somebody, if somebody still sees that, if somebody still believes that they shouldn't eat pork, don't, don't fight about it. Don't offend the guy. And, you know, don't criticize him. If that's, it's not critical. It's not a sinful thing. It's not something that's going to keep you out of heaven. It's not a doctrinal her, 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 uh, heresy. So he's saying don't, don't offend you know, be tolerant. There's some things we tell. And there's some people today that believe you should keep the Sabbath. Seventh-day Adventists meet on, a, on Sabbath. There's a, a Seventh-day Baptist church here in Rome. And they believe you should meet on the Sabbath. Well, that's fine. You want to meet on the Sabbath, meet on the Sabbath. As long as you meet and worship God. So don't. there's some things we need to be just accepting of. And don't be critical of others who don't believe exactly the same way you do. You know, uh, I don't know how far I should go with this. but I'm arguing with God. Very so. Anyway, let's continue. For if because of food your brother is hurt, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food him for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what is for you a good thing be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not meat. It's not eating and drinking. It's not, it's not physical. But it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then we pursue the things. Here's the key. We pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. So if you don't want to eat a bacon cheeseburger, fine. You know that's that's your call and i'll i'll just love you anyway praise the lord but the kingdom i want to talk a little bit about the kingdom the kingdom of god is not meat nor drink the new testament has a lot to say about the kingdom it's all about the kingdom you know and it's called the kingdom it's called the kingdom of god sometimes it's called the kingdom of heaven uh, it, it, and almost all of Jesus' teaching was about the kingdom. God wants us to be kingdom-minded people. You know what was what was John what was John the Baptist's message when he came? Repent, what? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was John's message. Repent. In other words, prepare your heart to enter into the, the kingdom of heaven. Is at hand. Doesn't mean it's there now, but it's coming. The kingdom is coming. So prepare. Get ready to and be. Get ready to receive it. Get ready to go go into it. And Jesus' message, the Bible says, when Jesus first started preaching, his message was what? Repent. What? For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So God's emphasis in the New Testament is kingdom. He wants us to be kingdom-minded. And uh, the word kingdom appears over 150 times in the New Testament, over 50 times just in Matthew's gospel. And Jesus taught us what the kingdom is like. Most of Jesus' teaching, if you, if you think about it, was about the kingdom. The kingdom is like a seed which a man planted. It's like leaven uh, that a woman put. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> it's like a treasure that a man found. It's like a merchant. It's like a net cast into the sea. I mean, just over and over. It's like a king. It's like ten virgins. It's like a man who gave talents to his servants. So it's always about the kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom. When he sent his ten disciples when he sent his disciples out in Matthew chapter 10, uh, Jesus said, "Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cleanse the lepers and cast out devils. And, and tell them what? Tell them the kingdom of heaven is come." And that's, that's why I believe in healing. He sent them out and he said, "Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom is come. Cast out devils and tell them the kingdom is come." So that when you're in the kingdom, that's what you get. You get what's, you know. And what did Jesus teach us to pray? Thy kingdom come. Thy will. That's, I mean, that's the prayer we're supposed to be praying all the time. Father, we love you. We worship you. You are holy. But we pray for your kingdom to come, Lord, and your will to be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Jesus wants us to have a kingdom mindset. What is that? It means that we are no longer... Uh, just a, a, a group of individuals, just kind of doing our own thing. We are, we are part of a corporate body in, in a kingdom that's ruled by a king. God is God, and Jesus are the king, and, uh, and we are his subjects, and we are his followers, and he rules. He rules, we don't, and his word is absolute. So we, we, so we come into a kingdom, we have to understand we are subjects in a kingdom that's ruled by a king. And we submit to him. We submit to his will. We submit to his ways. We submit to his word. And he has a right, because I'm a, because I'm, I'm a servant in the kingdom, he has a right to use me any way he sees fit to accomplish his purpose on the earth. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm a pawn. I see myself as a pawn in the hands of God. Now, not, that, that's a good thing, not a bad thing. But he has a right to tell me where to go, to tell me where to live, to tell me what to do. He, he is my king, and I'm his subject. I'm just, I'm just serving him with all my heart. God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go. You know, God has the right. He's sovereign. That's what. That's what the apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter nine. Remember he said, "Doesn't the Potter have a right to make from the clay?" One vessel of honorable use and another vessel of, you know, common use? Sure he does. He has his, it's his right. He's the king. And this kingdom, the kingdom of God, is not something you get into after you die. The kingdom, in fact, you have to get into it before you die or you don't get in at all. You don't enter into the kingdom of God after you pass away. You're in it. You, you get in it while you're here on the earth by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You have to enter while you're here. What did Jesus say in John chapter 3 and verse 3? He said, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. So you have to, and when you are born again, you can, and when it says see, it doesn't mean see with your natural eye. It means to be a, to be a part of and to know. The kingdom. Unless you're born again, you can't be a part of the kingdom. You can't know the kingdom. You can't be in the kingdom. But if you are born again, you are in the kingdom of God. You've been. It says in Col. Remember, in, in in the Apostle Paul said in Colossians, chapter one, for he has delivered you out of the domain of the kingdom of Satan and translated you what into the kingdom of his dear Son. So when we're born again. We are taken out of one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, and we are, we are translated, beam me up, Scotty, we're translated into the kingdom of his dear son, into the kingdom of God. So we are kingdom residents while we're here on the earth. In Philippians chapter 3, the apostle Paul says, our citizenship is in heaven. Not will be, but it is. We are king, we are... <coughs> We are citizens of the kingdom. And we have to understand this, our residence here on earth is temporary. This, this, My life in Rome, New York is a temporary assignment because my home is in heaven. That's where my father lives. You know, in, in uh, 1974 the Air Force sent me to Thailand and I was living in Thailand for a year it was my temporary residence, but it wasn't my home. My home was in the United States. And we have to see that. Your home, this is a temporary place for you and me. Our home is in heaven. We are citizens of, of heaven. We are citizens of the kingdom. We're citizens of heaven. And in that, and we had to see this, this, we're just kind of serving here temporarily, doing what God wants us to do until it's time for us to go home. Hallelujah. So we are kingdom citizens. We have come into the kingdom. We've come under the authority of the king. We've come under his laws and his customs, his ways, his provision, his protection. And because we're in the kingdom, we are entitled, we, how do I say it? We receive certain benefits. And one of them is, it says the kingdom of God, I just want to look at those three. The kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but it's righteousness, peace. And joy, the kingdom of God is righteousness. It's right. It's right standing with God. When we turn to God, when we repent, when we confess Jesus as Lord, our sins are forgiven. Our nature is changed. I mean, this this is the most amazing thing. What Jesus did for us on the cross is. It's, it's impacting my life in a, in a whole, almost like in a whole new way. I've been born again for decades, and yet I'm, there's a fresh revelation, a fresh awareness of what Jesus did for me, and, I, and I'm so grateful. I'm just praising him. I can't, I can't stop praising him and thanking him for what he's done in my life because I, I, be, I guess I'm becoming more and more aware of, of, of the greatness of what he did for me in my life. But our sins are forgiven. Our nature is changed. And God reckons us, the Bible says, or credits us to be righteous. We are made the righteousness of God in Christ. The Apostle Paul, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, said, for he made him who knew no sin to be made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. God the Father made Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us. He became sin with our sinfulness, that we might become righteous with his righteousness. It's an amazing thing, you know. But last last week we talked about this a little bit last week, but I want I wanted to share it again. My our son from California usually calls every week and says, How'd it go? How was church? How'd you do? And, and just kind of checks in and sees what's going on. He said, what'd you preach? And so I talked about righteousness. I talked about the exchange of the cross. That Jesus became sin with our sinfulness. <clears throat> that we might be made righteous with his righteousness. And my, my son said, boy, we got the better of that deal, didn't we? And I thought, well, I guess we did. He became sin with our sinfulness. That we might become righteous with his righteousness. You know, the only righteousness that's acceptable to God is his very own righteousness. And God credits that to us. Now, I'm not sinless by any means. We're not sinless. But when you come to God and and you come into the kingdom, he credits righteous, perfect, holy righteousness to us in Jesus' name. It's amazing. When we surrender to the Lordship, a righteousness that can never be achieved on our own is credited to us. It's a gift, the Bible says. In Romans chapter 5, it says it's a gift of God, by the grace of God. And the only way to obtain it is by faith in Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30 says, But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. So don't, you know, don't allow the enemy to put you down. Don't allow the enemy to throw your sins up in your face, and condemn you, and tell you you're, worthy. you're not worthy, you're unimportant, you're a child of the king, <clears throat> you've been adopted into the family, and God loves you, and God has forgiven you, and God has given you a new nature, And God considers, and God treats you, well, God will look upon you and treat you as if you had never, unless that you are perfectly holy and sinless. You're not sinless, but he credits that to you. It's an amazing truth. And we can make it, when we can enter into heaven, when we, when we leave this earth, we can enter into the, the joy of the Lord. Because he's been made, we've been made righteous by his blood. Isaiah 61, listen. Isaiah 61 and verse 10 says, I'll rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exult in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with garland, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. He has clothed me with the garments of salvation, but more than that, he has wrapped me with a robe of righteousness. His righteousness covers me. And And that's what God sees when he sees me. We have to settle settle it in our thinking once and for all. I am the righteousness of God in Christ because I'm in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is righteousness and peace. If you're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, you have a right to experience peace in your life. Not necessarily that all the circumstances of your life will be peaceful, but we have a right to have peace, to have inner tranquility and peace of mind. When the Bible talks about peace, there's, there's, uh, two types. Is not the right. I'll just say there's two two types of peace. In Romans chapter five. In verse 1, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we exalt in the hope of the glory of God. But having been justified by faith, (coughs) we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Before we were saved, the Bible says, later on in in Romans chapter 5, later on it says, before we were saved, we were at enmity with God. We, We were God's enemy. But now that we have been brought into right relationship with him, we have peace with God. But that's not the peace that this scripture that we read earlier is talking about. It's not talking about peace with God. It's talking about the peace of God. Because you know what? You can be at peace with God you can be born again and made justified and be at peace with God and yet not, be, not have the peace of God. Have lots of stress and fear and anxiety. And, that's, and God doesn't want that. God wants us to be at peace but to know peace, to have peace in our life, to have peace of mind, to have peace in our emotions, not to be all stressed out and worried. What does the Bible say? Be anxious for nothing be an- but, in, but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. We can have peace even in the midst of a storm. Even in the midst of trials. Even in the midst of a a great tumult. We can still have peace. We can know the peace of God and have it. And God wants us. Some of these things, the peace and the joy of God that he wants us to have, you have to fight for them. Like Pastor Dennis was saying, I had to speak the word. I was claiming the scriptures. I was praising God. <clears throat> you know, the Bible, sometimes we have to be aggressive in the realm of the spirit and tell, and when the enemy comes and he's trying to steal your joy and steal your peace, know in Jesus' name, I have a right. I'm a citizen of the kingdom. I'm a child of the king and I have a right to live in peace and I will live in peace. My mind belongs to God. My emotions belong to God. My, I'm going to walk in the peace of God. I'm going to know the peace. And the Bible says that peace, when you fight for it, when you put it down, that peace that passes all understanding, because something in your mind says, this doesn't make sense. I don't know why I shouldn't be. I should be worried right now, but I'm not. You know, years ago, we struggled financially. We were out, we, we were out of ministry for uh, a few years. We started back up, and uh, the finances were really, really uh, not there. And we struggled. We had all these bills that we, that we couldn't pay, and no money to pay them. And when a little bit of money came in, we just, we, first of all, we'd give to God what belongs to God, and then we'd, we'd pray and say, OK, God, show us what to do. And God would say, put this much on this one, put this much on this one, and leave those set aside. But you know, in the midst of all that, we had peace, because we were trusting God. We could go to bed at night and sleep, I wasn't wringing my hands and saying, oh, my, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? We, had, we could still have peace. And God wants us to have that. No matter what's going on in your life, if you fight for it, if you trust God, if you worship God, if you confess the scriptures, the Spirit of God will give you the peace of God. And you can have peace in your life no matter what's going on. And that's a right. That's a right for us. In the kingdom of God, that's the way we should be. We should know the peace and have the peace that God has given us. In John chapter 16, in verse 33, Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take courage, I have overcome the world. These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. There'll be lots of things going on around you that are, that are agitating and maybe causing some trouble. But in me you'll have peace. God wants us to have peace, and we can if we trust in the Lord. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. God showed me years and years ago he said, if, if, you're, if you're worried, you're not trusting me. And it was, it was kind of a rebuke. God, and he was basically saying, trust me, trust me, trust me. Thou, thou will, the Bible says in, <clears throat> in Isaiah chapter 26, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So if your mind is stayed on God, if your mind is focused on him, on his provision, on his promises, on what he can do for you, then you can be in peace. You, God will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is focused and focused on God and focused on his greatness and his love and his faithfulness. Hallelujah. But we have to fight for that because your mind wants to go every, every which way. It wants to go. It wants to be afraid, wants to be worried, wants to be depressed. But God wants us to live in peace and we can have peace because we are in the kingdom. Hallelujah. You have to practice. You have to fight for it. Like in Psalm 23, it says, "Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what? I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. God, I know you're with me, I know you're for me, and I believe God that you're working everything together for my good, and because of that, I'm going to have the peace of God. I'm going to live in peace in Jesus name. Right. And finally, joy. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Joy meaning a cheerfulness. Within, so a calm delight. To be joyful doesn't mean you're glad about everything that's going on around you. But there's still that inner, that inner uh, delight, that that inner sensing of of joy. In Hebrews chapter twelve, in Hebrews chapter twelve and verse two. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and he is set down at the right hand of God. He didn't, he, it wasn't the cross that made him joyful. He wasn't joyful that he was going to the cross. He was joyful because he knew that something was coming on the other side. And that's when we, when we go, when we, Encounter various testings and trials. The Bible says what? In James. Count it all joy. So what we need to not look at what we're going through. Because it will steal our joy. But what we're going to. What's going to come because of it? The Bible says if when tests and trials come. We have to know that God is working something in us. He's working patience, he's working endurance, whatever. But God is working something in us to make us come out the other side even better than we were when we went in. We can know joy, we can have joy in the midst of a storm. And I kind of see, I kind of see joy and peace kind of related. If the enemy can steal your joy, then he's probably got your peace. And if he can steal your peace, he's probably got your joy. You know, so the, the two are kind of like twins. And God wants us to have both. God wants to have peace of mind, not P-I-E-C-E, a peace of your mind, but P-E-A-C-E, peace of mind. And he wants us to have joy. He wants to be, he wants to be able to rejoice even in the midst of whatever is going on and say, God, I praise you. I thank you that you're for me and you're not against me. I know you love me. I know you're working all things together for my good. And I am going to rejoice in you. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always, the Bible says. And again, I say rejoice. So I'm going to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I'm going to bless his name. I'm going to praise him and, and maintain my joy. And I'll tell you, the devil it drives the devil nuts because he, he'll, he'll, be, he'll attack you and he'll bring all this uh, distress into your life. And when you're still at peace and you're still joyful and you're still praising the Lord, it's like he's, 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 what's the matter with that guy? I got, I've got him all, I've got him all these things I'm attacking him with, and he, and he, won't, he won't get sad. He won't get mad. He'll just, he just keeps praising God, and it drives him crazy. So I want to encourage you this morning. As citizens of the kingdom, you've been made righteous, and you have a right to live at peace and to have joy, but you have to fight for it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice, the Bible says. Let them ever shout for joy because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. For thou, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass them as with the shield. And I was thinking of that song. There's an old song that uh, just kept coming to when I was preparing. kept rolling over on the inside of me. And it's uh, this joy that I found. This joy that I found, the world didn't give it to me. You know, you know that? This joy that I found, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I found, the world didn't give it to me. This joy that I found, the world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. Boom, boom, boom. God. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word and that you be filled with His love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.